I just remember my 30th birthday of being like, if I don't do something different and make some drastic change and just burn these fucking boats, I'm gonna wake up at 40 and another 10 years will go by. 2007, eight is kind of like when I did what I call the trifecta of bad credit. I lost my house, filed bankruptcy, and then topped it off with a divorce. I found myself in a $650 a month apartment, two bedrooms, so each kid could have their own bed. I just slept on the couch when I had them, got behind on my rent. I literally sold a Honda Civic just to get enough money to even put down on that apartment. I already had my license, went to Keller Williams, signed up, and I was like, dude, if I just do this eight hours a day, five days a week, there's no way I'm not gonna sell a house. And that proved true. At three months, I had completely caught up on all my bills and everything. I had ended up borrowing like 12 grand from my parents. Uh, a year later, I gave my mom a check for 12 grand, and that was like the best feeling ever. Didn't even miss that money. Hey everyone, before we dive into this week's interview, I have to tell you about big news in the GoBundance community for the GoBundance men's tribe, as well as the Ascend tribe. Here's the thing. We've always been at $1 million to join GoBundance. We've always had that net worth requirement. We've also have a champion division that has a requirement to be at $5 million in net worth. Well, right now, we just met as a tribal council and decided that we're going to increase the minimum requirement effective January 1, 2023. That minimum requirement is going to go from 1 million to 2 million to become a member of GoBundance. And if you want to be in that champion division, it's going to go from 5 million to 10 million. Again, effective January 1. In addition, the pricing is increasing as well. Our entry into GoBundance, the elite level at now 2 million, effective January 1, will go from 10,000 annually to 12,500 annually. And our champion division will go from 15,000 annually to 20,000 annually. Again, effective January 1st. That means if you're listening to this episode in December of 2022, 2022, then you have an opportunity to apply for membership and get in still at the $1 million mark for elite and 10,000 annually, or the $5 million mark for champion and $15,000 annually. And even though it goes up in January to a new level, 2 million and 10 million, if you're under those, but in elite or champion, you stay in the division that you joined in December of 2022. And on top of that, on top of that, you lock into what we call tier one pricing, which means that if you join for 10,000 by the end of this year, and in two years, the tuition goes up to say 15,000, for, for, for members that join in January and new members at that point, because you're in at 10,000, you'll go up to 12,500 below the new member rate always. Lots of reasons to consider joining GoBundance before the end of the year. Again, this is for the men's side. The women's side is staying where they are right now, but the men's side is increasing in the minimum requirement to join, as well as the tuition rate on January 1. On January 1, all of that is what's in place. But before December 31 of 2022, you can still get in at 10 or 15,000 and at one or 5 million to our elite or champion division and lock into what we call tier one pricing. Now, if you are right there, you're at 700 or 600 and you're like, man, I, a million was where I was hoping to be. Well, there's good news for you too. If you join me in my Ascend community, which is going to soon be renamed Emerge Supercharged, it might be as, the, as of the time that you listen to this, as long as you join before the end of 2022, then you will be considered for membership at the $1 million mark. 
Lots of great reasons to join our GoBundance community at any level at this point before the end of the year, even the women's division. At some point, all of this stuff is going to get reviewed on that side as they grow and add more value. So make sure you keep an eye out. And if you haven't already, go to GoBundance.com, apply, and we'll make sure that we get an ambassador on a call with you. We're not, it's not just an easy end. We got to vet you. We have to talk to you. A lot of work has to be done between now and the end of the year. So don't wait. Submit your application at GoBundance.com so that we can determine whether or not you are ready to join GoBundance, especially if you're looking to get in before the pricing and before the minimum requirement goes up. Now to our interview. Enjoy. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. I am your host, Jamie Gruber. My co-host today is, of course, the one, the only, Vanna White, sort of, but not really, Grant Warrington. What's going on, buddy? Not much. Looking forward to this, buddy. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I'm excited about today's guest. He's a a longtime GoBundance member. He's a father, a husband, a real estate broker, uh, owns a multiple brokerages at this point. He's an amateur drummer, although he's getting to the point of pro, I think, and an author of a book, Best Version Ever, Discover the Magic of Becoming Extraordinary, Josh Painter. Welcome, brother. Thank you, guys. It's good to be here, finally. 100%. 100%. Reminder to everybody out there, go to GoBundance.com. Fill out an application for membership at any level, man, woman, millionaire, or not. We've got a community for you. And please drop a rating and review, like the podcast for us. It really helps grow uh, the reach of what we're doing here. So, Josh, let's get a little backstory on you. I, there's a lot of little uh, nuances to, this, to the, the, the intro I, I gave you just now, from drummer to real estate broker and everything else. But just give us kind of the five-minute backstory. What, uh, where are you from? How'd you get to the place you are today? Just give us your story. Sure thing, man. And, and you're right there. There are a bunch of places we could start, right? <laughs> um, you know, people ask when, well, when was your turning point? Well, I don't know. Was it 30 when I realized I was living a life that others expected of me? Or was it when I was 17 and I knocked up my girlfriend and had a, a, a child as a high school senior, right? Either one of those could be turning points. Um, but to answer your question, um, live in San Diego. Um, real estate brokerage has been my main gig uh, and, and flipping and, and investing in that way. It's been my main gig for probably 12, 13 years now. Um, yeah. And then uh, have two kids, uh, a wife. Um, yeah. Learned, learned, learned to play drums in the last <laughs> six years. <laughs> and what was the, I'm curious, what was the impetus for the book? Why the book? So, um, man, great question. Uh, so like everyone listening right now, you either go, you went down a personal development journey, or maybe you're still in that journey right now. And that's what led you to this podcast. Um, I went down the, the personal development rabbit hole and I went to events, seminars, whatnot. And one, one thing that I realized from going to a lot of events was I would take a bunch of notes and inspiring quotes and listen to speakers and, and I take notes in journals and workbooks and then I would get home and throw them on the shelf. And I didn't really do a lot with them often, you know? And so that got me thinking like, you know, I mean, after one really disappointing event, I thought, well, what event would I want to go to, right? Like what, what event would I want to create and, and what would that look like? And, and so after a lot of studying thinking researching and putting things together i came up with an event where uh, it's an all-day it's hard to i guess i would say visioning and, and goal planning right but yeah. 
not just writing down, Hey, things I'd like to do more like, okay, what would it take to get there? Who do I know that's doing this? How can I work backwards and, and make a plan? And then the biggest thing is taking an immediate action right there at the event. So nobody leaves without taking that first step. I actually kick everyone out of the room. I go, all right, get out of here. Don't come back until you've taken one action and tell me what it is. And it's crazy because I mean, one lady came back in and she's like, I called my boss and told him I'm going to start working part time so I can follow my dream. And I was like, holy shit. Wow, that's <laughs> massive. Um, that's you know, massive. But yeah, it could be, yeah. it, and it, it can even be even simpler of like, um, I want to lose weight. Cool. Did you join the gym? Did you download an app to track your food? Uh, and one of the GoBundance brothers stood up at the event and he's like, this event helped me decide that I want to start a family. And his, oh, shit. And his fiance looks at him like, oh, this is happening. <laughs> um, that was last December. In February, he came home and there was a box on the table and he opened it and there was a note on the top and it said, congratulations on crushing your goals for this year. And underneath it was a positive pregnancy test. Oh, wow, cool. man. That's the raddest story that's come out of my event. I probably beat it to death and Rob's probably like, dude, stop telling the story. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, at last year's event, um, I solicited feedback and one of the most common things I heard was, Hey, I, I really love this. And, and what we did, I'd really like to know why this works and why we did some of the things we did. And because, you know, uh, I candidly, I kind of rush through certain parts because I'm trying to pack in a lot of stuff in a day. Yeah. And so the feedback was, it would have been cool to hear why we do some of these things. And so that, you know, got the light bulb going of like, Hey, I've always wanted to write a book. I've talked about writing a book. I've kind of started throwing ideas together, but this could be the book. Um, and that's how, you know, the event was called best version ever. So the book is called best version ever. Well, that's efficient. And it, I think what's the status? Like if you do, if you take action toward a goal, within 24 hours, it's like an 80% better chance that you'll accomplish it or something like that. Does that sound right? You know, it sounds amazing. So I should probably research that uh, statistic because it'd be a great one to, uh, to it's what use. you do. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's what you do right yeah. now. There's, there's yeah. something out there about that. It's like, you know, yeah. action within 20, every, everything after 24 hours, like the accomplishment rate drops dramatically. I could be off on the percentage, but it's, it's yeah. something like that. And that's honestly, that's, what you talk about just now, and you've been in GoBundance since I think 2016. So you're what, six, yep. seven yep. years in, right? Or eight years. Yeah. No, six years. I can't do math. Six. Yeah. Um, when we created um, Emerge and Ascend, what's becoming Emerge Supercharged, uh, it's literally what you we get into vision, goal, planning, uh, you know, in the first part of it. And it's like, it's all getting into action and building mm -hmm. habits that let you get momentum toward the goal and then yeah. keeping people around you that kind of, kind of get you there. So man, you're speaking my language when it comes to this stuff. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Even, uh, even St Steven Spielberg, right. Uh, most accomplished director. I mean, wh whatever he is, director. He's done all right. He's done. Yeah, all right. He's, he's done. Okay. Even he says, <laughs> The hardest thing is just getting out of the car, man, or getting into the car, right? Like, yeah, just taking that first step. Yep, hundred percent. Grant, you got some? Yeah, Josh, I was wondering, did you were you on this um, personal development journey before GoBundance? Is this something that's like always been a part of your life, or did no. GoBundance kind of awaken this in you? Not at all. Um, you know, I can I can tell like 
That's, that's funny. I love to tell, like, I love to look back and go, how, how am I on this podcast right now? Right. And mm-hmm. see how many steps and decisions back I can go. Cool. And, and I would challenge anyone listening right now. Why are you listening to this? And, and how many steps back in your life can you go to just brought you even to this podcast? Right. This second, right. When I go back, I can go back as far as like 2014, having coffee with an asshole and even back to 2008 when I first met this guy. Um, and, and I should ask, um, cussing is cool on the show. <laughs> You're good. I'm and sorry. You met Grant and you met, in oh, man, you, yeah. you beat me I knew it. Now. I knew it was coming. Damn so it. I had, I had a preempt Damn it. cause you're fucking obvious. I knew yeah. exactly what you were going to do. Yeah, so you, there you go. You yes. Cursing is fully allowed. <laughs> okay. So Didn't I had to preempt it yes. back to Josh. Go for yes. it. Josh. Thank All you. right. So, uh, I'll paint the picture. 2008. I'm a, I'm a newer real estate agent. And, uh, I got, a, I got an offer in my hand and the listing agent works in the same office as me. And I walk into his office. I'm like, Hey man, I got an offer on your listing. And he looks at me and he goes, can you email it? Like it says in the MLS. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, dude, this guy, this guy, man. Yeah. So that was in 2008. Uh, it might've been 2009. <clears throat> it was 2009. Fast forward 2014. I get this random text from him. Hey, we should grab coffee sometime. <laughs> now my instinct is like, no, we shouldn't, man. Right. Mm-hmm. Why yeah. would I do that? Uh, but man, I have, I have like a bunch of instances in my life of just saying yes and fig and, and figuring it out later. And it works out. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. So I say, yeah, I meet him for coffee. He, he just starts talking about real estate and teams and he's all over the place. And he's like, there's this coaching company in Dallas and whatever, and whatever, for whatever reason I took from that conversation, real estate coaching company in Dallas. So I go, I end up going to one of their events and then Hal Elrod is speaking at the event. He's one of the first go abundance members, right? He does his miracle morning thing. It's a great speech. Cool. The next day I see Hal checking out of the hotel <clears throat> and on his uh, name tag, it says Temecula, California. Oh, wow. At the time I lived in Temecula, California. Yeah. Wow. was betting that not too many people at that Dallas conference lived in Temecula, California. So he was checking out, had bags in his hand, wasn't going to bug him. When I got home, I sent him a message on Facebook. Hey man, we live in the same random city. We, if you want to ever grab lunch or something, so he texts me, but he messages me and goes, what's your phone number? <laughs> and I'm like, all right, that's a, a yeah. random weird yeah. response, but here's yeah. my phone number. Uh, so he calls me and he's pitching his event, uh, in San Diego, which is not too far from Temecula. And I didn't want to go, man. I didn't, I was all evented out. Uh, yeah. cause this was like the very beginning of like that conference was like my first personal development entry level, mm-hmm. right. Had read some books, but that was like where it kicked off. And then I ended up going to Hal's event. I kind of wanted to leave after the first half because it wasn't, it was kind of, I was, I felt out of place, man. It lots of hugging and high-fiving and people dancing everywhere. And I, and, uh, but I stayed the second half, ended up joining a mastermind that he started. And then the next year, the following year, I was still in his mastermind and Tim Rode and Mike McCarthy had joined <clears throat> and we're playing ultimate Frisbee. And I can't remember if I asked them or if they started talking to me about it, but 
it was just like this conversation of like, no, you'd be perfect for GoBundance. Like you should join. Uh, so that's like how I got into GoBundance from having coffee with a dickhead. I like that. Uh, yeah. So coffee with Grant <laughs> leads story. to GoBundance. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm just going to call this guy Grant. Where is his name? His name is Grant. But it's I funny like you it. say it. Like, look, I, I give him shit, but I'll give him credit on this. It, uh, similar. I love the point about tracking yep. back. Cause like when I think about today living here, I live in an, I live in the Dominican Republic, right? So I live on an, in an Island. I'm hosting a mastermind on this Island with people that want to do what I do, which is leave their job, get into real estate, all that good stuff. And, um, you know, I I'm building a brand. So that's today, right? Like three years ago, four years ago, whatever it was, Grant, yeah, uh, yeah. Brandon, Brandon Turner was dropping into Detroit and he puts this post up randomly. Like, Hey everyone, I'm in Detroit. I'm, I'm hosting a, a quick get together at this place. Now I don't live in, I live like an, almost an hour from Detroit and he messages me Grant and said, asshole, same thing. I, it's yeah. in my phone is asshole. Yeah. Um, messages me and i'm like oh what does asshole want he's like yeah hey i'm i'm gonna i'm going to this thing you should come i'm like man i got my kids so much shit's been going on i'm gonna piss my wife off i've done you know like i'm all over the place lately and he says listen listen there are moments in life when you don't know what exactly is going to be what's going to what's going to be created out of it but you got to take the action to go and at the time brandon was go abundance and i had just joined go abundance right so it was like mm -hmm. the only two go abundance guys in the room and sure enough i get to meet brandon you know the go abundance thing connects us and I don't know if you know about Brandon, but lives on an island in real estate, host masterminds, right? Like I didn't intentionally yeah. like I'm going to do everything Brandon did, but holy shit. When you yeah. think back to those pinnacle moments or those seminal moments, uh, sometimes you need an asshole to drive you is yeah. the moral of the story. I, I, the moral of the story is I'm the brains behind the ball. That's what everybody <laughs> behind my balls. Oh boy. Let's, let's not even go there on this. What did one. you just oh. say? That's what you said behind I'm the, the bald. brains behind the bald. That's you oh, bald. That's you. Yeah. It's you, 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 you gotta, you gotta quit thinking about that. We've had this heard, discussion. It's always balls. on your mind. We got to get past that. I heard balls. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's skip to this. You said at 30, you uh, realized that you were living other people's expectation of your life. What does that mean? Well, first off, how old are you now? If you don't mind me asking, are you yeah, in your thirties, no, forties, no. 44. 44. Me too. So what happened at 30? All right. So rewind 17 sons born 18. I feel like, Oh, you're just, you're expected to get married. That's what you do. Right. Um, and then my daughter's born at 20 and then I lived the next just 10 years as like this married young person in his twenties, just kind of going different like jobs, right? Cause you, Oh, I I'm expected. I got to get a full-time job with benefits. Um, and I actually just kind of at 21 became a corrections officer, random footnote wow. to this whole story. Um, so I was a jail guard for like five years, um, which no one, everyone's like, yeah, right, dude, you're so chill, <clears throat> which I am. Cause I never got my ass kicked cause I'm chill. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did that for five years. Um, and there's something about, you know, being around in, in a building full of a thousand criminals every day and, you know, being, learning how to talk to people, uh, communication skills. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, mm -hmm, sure. but I did that for five years and, you know, I mean, I didn't know it at the time, but, um, it, it really fucks with your circadian rhythm and your health and all that because, um, shifts are like 12 and a half hours. So there was times where I'd wake up at like 4.30 a.m. The sun's not out. Yeah. And then, you know, in wintertime, I'd get off at 6.30 p.m. 
leave around seven, the sun's not out. Right. So, I mean, I would go five, probably five ish days stretches, probably just didn't see the sun. And then, uh, to make matters worse, after you do three months of day shift, then they switch you to three months of night shifts. Now you're working 6 PM to 6 30 AM. Um, so I did five years of that. Um, Oh, and, uh, the food in the jail is free for you. So, uh, and, and, you know, it's not the worst food in the world. It's, it's like, um, long John silvers are, uh, trying to think it doesn't matter. It's not the worst, but you just find yourself like, eh, I'll just eat, I'll eat here. Right. And so, yeah, yeah. you know, five years in, I was probably 50 pounds heavier, which wow. I didn't look f- I don't think I looked fat, but I just looked like puffy, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just, I did five years of that. Now I'm probably 25, 26 and you know, I'm, I, I I'm like, I got to get out of here. So I, I, I find my way into real estate, which, which is its own story, but I wanted to at least lead to the turning point. So yeah, fast forward to 30. I just remember my 30th birthday of being like, okay, if I don't do something different and make some drastic change and just burn these fucking boats, I'm just, I'm going to wake up at 40 and another 10 years will go by and I'm just living some other, someone else's life. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so 30 is kind of where everything started. Now, if I'm going to rewind, I got into, uh, you know, mortgage lending in 2005. So by the time 2007 came around, I just, I didn't have enough like clientele experience or whatnot to kind of sustain through that. So I got a regular job again, um, but I stuck, stuck with it in 2008, 2007, eight is kind of like when I do what did what I call the trifecta of bad credit. Um, I lost my house, filed bankruptcy and then topped it off with a divorce. Um, so late, wow. late Oh seven, you know, so really start to realize that I'm not going to be able to pay make my house payment. <laughs> um, you know, this shit's going south. Um, so, uh, quickly filed bankruptcy, which, you know, I don't regret it was, I mean, it was one of the best things that ever happened to me, man. What a clean slate. Um, but then, you know, not paying your house for payment for six months, you know, ended the year, um, losing the house, which was fine. And then, um, coming into 08, I remember the banks starting to drop foreclosures and, and just realizing like, Oh, buyers that were, you know, priced out of the market or couldn't get in there's opportunity here. So, um, I kept with the, the lending thing, um, ended up quitting that job and then just, uh, again, topping it off with, you know, ending that, um, high school relationship that had turned into marriage, you know, no fault to either of us. We had just grown into completely different people. Um, so that was 30 and, uh, you know, in 08, I, um, I found myself in a $650 a month apartment, um, two bedroom. So each kid could have their own bed. And I just slept on the couch when I had them. It was kind of this weird period where I got behind on my rent um, because it was still just not 100% there. I mean, I, I literally sold a Honda Civic just to get enough money to even put down on that apartment. Um, but uh, I, I remember doing a loan 
where an investor was buying a house for 150,000, which is just insane in Southern California right now, but he was putting 50% down. So the loan was 75 grand and the bank took forever to sign the grant Dean man took for months because nobody knew what was going on at that time. (laughs) It finally closes. I had extended the rate lock so many times. I think I made like 400 bucks. I call this agent trying to congratulate her on the closing, thank her for the business. And she just kind of nonchalantly was like, oh, this thanks, man. This wasn't really a big deal for me. I think I only made $4,000 on this deal. <laughs> so, so that day uh, I was, I was like, dude, I'm on the wrong side of this for yeah. me because as a lender, you work with all these real estate agents and you get to see what everyone's doing, what's working and whatnot. So that day I already had my license, went to Keller Williams, signed up. The next day I bought a bunch of open house signs, generic, had no info, just said bank owned open house. I put them up everywhere around this foreclosure. I got about 40 people that came in. One person wrote an offer. I didn't get that offer accepted, but I didn't care because this was like on a Wednesday or a Thursday. And I was like, dude, if I just do this eight hours a day, five days a week, there's no way I'm not going to sell a house. Uh, And that proved true. I mean, within, you know, three months I had sold maybe three, four, four houses, um, completely caught up on all my bills and everything. And even like the following year, I'd, I had ended up borrowing like 12 grand from my parents just at one time, just to try to keep the house and didn't even keep it. Um, and a, a year later I gave my mom a check for 12 grand and that was like the best feeling ever. Like I just didn't even miss that money. So anyway, that was like, that's kind of like the turning point and what changed everything. Do you, do you have to, do, I, I'm just curious about this. When you were telling your story, like Grant, I know you filed bankruptcy at one point, right? Like you've had that, 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 that bottom, if you will. Yeah. Is it, oh, yeah. is it, is it necessary? Do you think, like, I, I wonder that I, I actually I, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe there's a bottom. I know I've bottomed out like emotionally, but do you have to have, it might be, that's a strong word. Is it part of the process of, of growth to have that moment where you, it just feels like it's the story for a lot of unbelievably successful entrepreneurs where they just went bust at some point. I don't know. Is it, is it necessary to get to that point where you realize like, okay, I'm still alive. I'm good. Right. I got an apartment. I had to sell a civic to get it or whatever, but I'm alive. So nowhere to go, but up. Is it necessary to hit that bottom in order for you to have the level of success that you have today? Do you think? You know, I'm sure there's the argument out there from someone that's like, no, it's not necessary. So maybe it's not necessary, but damn, I've heard it a lot. Right. You know, uh, I mean, it seems to be whether or not it's necessary. It's, it's pivotal. It's always a pivotal moment. You know, I, and I, for me, just to jump in on that, um, you know, I think for me, it was necessary for that portion of my life, my finances, uh, when I went through it, 2002, 2003, it was houses I had bought three to four houses, didn't know how to manage them. I was drinking back then, um, you know, and and I did my whole life was a mess. And um, everybody owed me $5,000 because I wanted to treat everybody fair and you know everybody screwed me. Got through it. It was a great experience, um, but that taught me finances. Like it taught me how to deal with tenants, how to be that I, I can be respectful to people, but they still have to follow the rules. It taught me so many things. 
And I never got in that situation again. That was one step. Now, the next step was I had to quit drinking. I had to clean up my life. I had to do different things. But for me, I think it was necessary for that one step in my life. And then came the next steps to get to where I was at. I've never had a financial bust moment. And I, I'll be honest, it, it almost it almost fucks with me. Like, I, I got to go back. Like, I'm almost like I got to just figure out a way to sabotage my life so I can bottom out because everybody that I admire has had that moment. Does that mean I don't know if that makes sense and at all? But no, one, one of my friends says that to me all the time. He, <laughs> he was in abundance for a while and he's younger than me. So he's always kind of tossing that out there. And it's like, hey, you Maybe not, man. <laughs> right. Try, try not to. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Like, I think I think if you could extract the lessons from other people, like from you or, or, or whatever, um, and and see, then that's it. Like I, I, my bottom was more, it's funny, you mentioned about like 30 was the moment at which you realized you were living somebody else's life or living the expect, living the life of others' expectations. Mm-hmm. And man, that was me probably seven, eight years later, 36, 37, 38 in that range. And we're both the exact same age, 44. So I'm more recent. You're you're uh, you were you came around way sooner than I did. Um, but my emotional bottom was there. Like I was just an absolute mess. I was I was a a shell of myself. I, I was like um like Adam Sandler in Click when he was mm-hmm. fast forwarding through his life. But then they mm-hmm. show that he's just sitting at the table eating and just sort of numb. Yeah. Like that was me for the better part, if not all of 2017. Um, but yeah, that does. I, I do wonder about that. So. I guess to, to lead that into a question. So you're a guy that like backtracks and figures out like, if I'm here, how do I get there? And, or and if I'm here, I'm sorry, what were the circumstances that led to me getting here where I am today? And I get this question a bunch now, especially like, you know, I'm 42, 41, 40 years old. I'm completely unfulfilled with what I do every day. Like, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to change my life. Like what advice do you give somebody like that? That's maybe in a point now where they're having that moment of I'm living another life. I'm my authenticity. I've waned off of it so far that now it's just the gap is the chasm is so big and I can feel the pressure of it, but I don't know how to get myself back there. Like, how do you start? What's the advice you give somebody? It's tough, right? Because it's situational, right? You never want to put someone in this bad position and you're like, just burn everything down, man. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck everything. Um, Right. So I, I'm always weary of that, right? Like big, big fan of holding on to one branch while you're grabbing for the next yeah, um, yeah. And, and not letting go. So, you know, at, at the same time, if you're unfulfilled, you're unfulfilled, right? And, and often the best way to change that is with some drastic change. Um, so, I mean, it really depends. It's like, I guess I would start with is, is it your relationship? Is it your, is it your career? You know, is it your finances? And and then from there, you know, Hey, what's a major, what's a major change you can make in in that area? You know, if it's, if it's a job or career, do you need it? You know, you probably do. So how do you plan your exit? You know, how do you plan your escape? Um, you know, I, I did it in a, a, almost a reckless way. Um, looking back, it makes great stories. I don't, I don't know that I necessarily at 44 advise that path, right? Like when it's mm-hmm. tall, it's more tolerable when you're 30. Um, sure. so yeah, different circumstances. But, yeah. I, I like the grabbing onto a branch though, because it, it's kind of like, I feel like what I did five years ago when I quit, like I, I burned everything down silently. 
yeah. and started building my real estate silently, right, in my my W-2. And then um, was unfulfilled and started talking to people in the other industry. And, and I had a guy say, hey, man, why don't you run my property management company? And I'm like, fuck, there it is. So that presented itself to me. And then I told that, you know, my, my W-2, like, hey, guys, I'm done. So luckily, I had built up and grabbed that next branch, like you just said, and uh, and was able to move forward. So yes, yeah, quiet. You quiet quit. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Something that sometimes gets lost in in my story is at the end of 07 and and through the beginning of 08, uh, while I was you know kind of struggling through that mortgage slash real estate transition, uh, I got I got a regular job again, right? Um, as luck would have it, and again, is it luck? Is it universe? I don't know. But in night in 2007. The same job that I had in 1997 to 2000 was hiring for my exact position that I had done and wow. been really good at. And I knew that like no one else interviewing has done this job. I mean, I was it was on a military base. I was like, yeah, I know this building. I've worked here. I know the I know half the people here. So I got that job as like a branch to hold on to. Right. Of like, mm -hmm. you know, just just to kind of sustain. I didn't, I hated the job. Um, I sucked, but I did it for six months, um, you know, to kind of smooth things, smooth the transition. When you, when you went through all of this 08 ish in that time range, you, you know, so the advice on, uh, you know, like you said, burning your boats, whether or not you do or don't 44 is different than 30. Everybody has individual circumstances. I got that. How did you, you had a, what, a 13 year old at this point, 12, 13 year old at that, at that age. Right. Uh, I got to do some math. So how old was I? 30. And he's, uh, you he were 17 born. when he was born, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. So yeah. about a 13 year old. So I mean, talk about that for a moment. Like what was, was, was there consideration there? Was it like, you know, it doesn't matter at this point. Like I just got to be the best version of me to be the best dad. I could be, I, I, yeah. Just, that circumstance. Talk through that a little bit. Uh, you know, you, you said exactly what I was going to say, which is I, I kept telling myself that like you stuck in a shit job that you don't love and in a relationship yeah. that doesn't fulfill you is not making you a great parent. Um, and, and I just, I told myself that over and over. I was like, you're, you're not a great parent if you're not happy and fulfilled, you know, there's no way you could ever be one. So that was a silent motivation. You know, does your back. does does your son talk about that at all? Does he does he recognize that time what you were going through now? I mean, he's he's got to be what uh, so it was what fourteen years ago, so he's thirty, right? Thirty thirty one years old. Yeah, I mean, he we no. haven't had we haven't had that yeah. closure. Yeah, he's twenty six. Twenty six. Yeah, I was gonna. I, I did the math way wrong there. So, yeah. um, you haven't. I'm sorry, you haven't had that closure. You were saying not really. I think there's been times where I've approached, but you know, both my kids and and let them know that like, hey, that was a, that was a rough period for me. I'm sorry that I wasn't there like I should have been because at that point now I'm like caught up in the day to day of like I'm in my 30s trying to make up for shit that was lost in my 20s um, career wise, but then the trade off was I lost some of their time. Right? It's like. I didn't have the, I didn't have balance at all. So. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that happens. I mean, I feel like that's, I struggle with that at times cause I'm doing it even a decade after you did right in my forties. So yeah, I'm trying. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to make up for it now, but when they, <laughs> when they turn 18, they get their own, they got their own friends and their own lives and, and now they have jobs. Right. And it's like, it's just, it's a, it's a constant struggle, man. 
So my advice to everyone who has young kids is like, spend as much time with as you can with them because dude it goes so fast yeah so fast yeah. it feels like it goes slow in the moment yeah. but in retrospect i cannot believe that i'm 44 with a 26 year old so I, there's two things i can't believe i can't believe that my son is four years away from being 30. that sounds <laughs> insane to me wow. <laughs> and i can't believe that i'm about 10 years away from being a senior citizen at 55. That Holy sounds shit. that sounds insane to me. Yeah, Grant's what a year, year two, year or two away now. Forty seven. You know, uh, don't don't start any shit here. He's a little old. Um, wow, that that, that is incredible when you think about that. I didn't think I about know. that either. Silenced you in. for a second. I did Jesus, the same. My, my wife did the same thing. She's it's like, "Fuck depressing. you." My wife sat there for a second, and then she's like, "Fuck you." Yeah, don't, I'm don't closer. Tell I'm closer to that than 30. And I remember yeah. 30 so well, you know, like I remember 30, like it was yesterday, but I'm closer to senior citizen status yeah. than I am to 30. It's just going so much faster now, man. I, I mean, I'll be 45 in a month or two. And I just, I remember my 40th birthday, like it was yesterday. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yesterday. But are you yeah. in, are you in better shape now than you were when you were 30? Are you, you know what I mean? Is it, is, is that how you look at it? Cause that's what I look like. I'm like, I'm, I'm doing so much better than I was even in my twenties. Yeah. I'm in way better shape than my twenties and my probably very early thirties. Um, I do kind of feel like I peaked at uh, 38 <laughs> recently. <laughs> like, I just tell everyone like, dude, 44 hits different. I don't know. It just does. Right. Like yeah. just a little bit sore and a little yeah, bit yeah. longer to recover. But yeah. I mean, no, I'm in, I'm in good shape, but I, I really feel like, I could be doing better in that department right now. You know, lots of things have taken my time. Yeah. I haven't prioritized it. It's just, it's, it's annoying for me at this age of 44 to like that. The stuff that like, I think you're right. 38, the stuff that I could do at 38 or did do at 38 doesn't work anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't, it doesn't work the same way. And Grant, you've had like four or five 44. It's like, you're, oh, you're yeah. way, yeah, you're, you're like right. a five year, you're 44 right. year old veteran. Right. Yeah. So can't even imagine. Can't even imagine. Um, let's talk about drumming. What's the what's the story behind you becoming an amateur drummer? So the story behind that is, um, you know, I, I, I bet a lot of people can relate to this this uh, th this story where you're younger and you grab a guitar and mm -hmm. you learn just enough, like maybe three chords and just enough to jam at a campfire two songs, right? And so, um, <laughs> and you never get past the really really hard stuff which is mm -hmm. the boring everyday monotonous i'm practicing stuff that isn't fun um so when i was uh i don't remember it's it was how old am i 44 just minus six from that that's how old i was um so i what was that 38 mm -hmm. <laughs> yep yep so right when i turned 38 i because I, I like to set like some goals every year of like, oh, what, what do I want to do this year? And um, I remember just thinking like, dude, you're 38. And as many times as you've picked up the guitar, you could shred right now if you had just stuck with it. Mm. If you had just done it every single day, even 10 minutes a day, if you had just done 10 minutes a day, 20 years have gone by, mm -hmm. you, you could have just shredded. And so I remember thinking like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to learn an instrument and I'm not going to give up this time. Like I'm going to do it every day, no matter what I'm going to put in some time 
And I remember thinking, it's going to be, it's going to be difficult. And, uh, but in 10 years, if you can, and this is anecdotal, right? There's no evidence. If you can just do a thousand hours a year in 10 years, 10,000 hours, you should be pretty damn close to expert level. If you can just do a thousand hours a year. So, and, uh, I don't really remember why I chose drums, uh, over guitar. I think I just wanted to try something new. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I had been a singer in a past life in rock bands and, and I was always pissed because like your voice changes if you have a cold or if you're tired or you're dehydrated. Right. And I just thought like, you know, the drum sounds never going to change. It's going to be me. So I decided to learn how to play drums and, uh, and you know, there's, there's kind of like a method in my book, um, you know, um, of like some of the components are immersion and consistency. So totally like just immersed myself in this drumming world. Um, and you know, made sure that every day I put in the time, you know, some days I would put in an hour, some days I put in three hours and occasionally I'd put in six hours. Um, I, found uh some some guys that just wanted a drummer to jam with and started jamming with them i joined i took lessons and then within that school i was in they threw you in a band with a bunch of other adults where you would just learn songs together right um i went to these like week-long drum camps where you would just like hang out with these like expert drummers um i just did all kind i just like put myself in in that world and just put in that put in the time and so something that I've learned from that is I think most people think like you, as a drummer, you either have the coordination or you don't. And I believe that it's, I believe that anyone can play the drums. It's just hours, not talent mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. our hours matter more than talent because the hardest things that I've ever learned, they've just started in slow motion of this is the first thing I need to hit. And then this foot. And then this, right? And you start at this super crazy snail pace and then speed it up as it becomes a pattern that you learn. So I feel like I'm kind of looping and segueing, but that's that's how I learned drums. And so it's been six years now. And I mean, I can play some pretty difficult songs and I've played uh, in bands. Um, I mean, I even like jokingly said, oh, I'm a professional drummer now because there was a few shows where I made like a hundred bucks, which nice. again was just a good feeling to get actually get paid for it. Right. It doesn't, didn't even matter how much it was. That counts though. I, I'm going to, by the way, you said, you said you were a singer. I, I got to believe you can crush like Metallica. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm, Your voice is like Metallica yeah. disturbed. Am I off? You're, you're not off. I, I, I fucking hate my register because I cannot hit the high stuff at all. It drives me insane. I would mm -hmm. love, I would love to. Um, so no, I mean, I hit lower stuff like, um, Bush, you know, mm. um, Makes Stone sense. Temple pilots, sure, um, nice. stuff like that. So, yeah, but even then he goes high and it just annoys me that I can't do it. So, <laughs> so, I mean, I've got some stuff on, on Spotify where I've got my own little range that I stay within. Yeah. Oh, that's why you sell real estate, right? Like exactly. if you had the range, then maybe you wouldn't be doing that. Are you, are you a focus guy? Are you a guy that's able to laser focus on one thing? Have you developed that skill? Is that something that you naturally are? Like you talk about mastery and immersion. I love that, which is in the book. Um, is that a, is that a natural thing of yours? Something you developed? I'm, I'm an ADD guy, entrepreneurial ADD, they call it, but what about you? 
Uh, I think I can go either way. So if I if I don't set the intention to focus, then yes, I can 100% be, um, you know, mm. distracted. Uh, but when when I like set set an intention of like, I'm going to focus right now. I mean, I will shut off everything. Um, I even have a playlist that I've made for focusing that I it has no lyrics at all, because I don't want to be distracted. Right. And I just it's a 25 minute playlist. Because I think anything more than that, I feel like you need a break. Uh, so mm. I'll just put this playlist on for 25 minutes. And then at the end, you know, this gangster rap song comes on just to let me know that like, okay, you can go chill for for a little bit and then come back and focus again. So I, I really, that. I really had to utilize that for writing the book, man. Um, you know, writing a book was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. I think, I think there's too many companies out there that'll take your money and give you a shit product. And, and I didn't want to do that. And I even told the editor many times, I said, look, I'm not putting a shit book in, out into the world. Like you have my full permission to tell me this sucks mm -hmm. and keep my money for all the work that you've done, but I'm not putting a shit product out. But what it takes to really do a good book is lots of sitting, man, sitting. No one stands and writes a book. So <laughs> I think that's why I just like, I think that's why I feel older this year, man. It's just like months and months of just sitting, like my back hurts, right? It's like I'm I'm like excited that I'm done so I can go do shit again, you know? So anyway, I can't, yeah. I can't even remember what yeah. the question was what's, that led into yeah. that. <laughs> it wasn't a good question, don't worry. It was <laughs> a really good what's question. A, it was a question I, about focus. Focus. Right. And, it, and look uh, at that. I so wasn't I focused. Asked, are you really I good? wasn't focused. Yeah, are my, you really my, good at focusing? And then you don't remember yeah. what the question was. Yeah, my was. ADD took me yeah. uh, out of focus. <laughs> I, I want to get back. We were talking about Pearl Jam again, how you wanted to play with them. And, and, uh, I earlier before we were recording and what, do you got that on your bucket list? Is that something you're, you're looking to do in the future is play with somebody? I mean, dude, dude. Okay. Look, there's part how of good. Me are you is the, yeah, there's part of me that's like, I'm not good enough okay. to play at that level, but I've also seen enough instances of chance and luck to never rule it out. Uh, so yeah. the Foo Fighters, for example, they will at a bunch of shows, they'll pull, they'll see some kid in the audience who's holding a sign that's like, I can play this song. And they'll be like, oh, you can't get up here and do it. Right. So I remember thinking like, <laughs> that's never going to happen with Pearl Jam. And then this year, uh, their drummer got COVID and they like you, they would have two randoms come from the audience and just play the last song. And and I mean, I remember, dude, people were texting me and they're like, they would see like a news article about it. And they're like, this is your chance. And I'm like, I know, fuck you. I know. Um, yeah, yeah. So I had, uh, I had tickets to Las Vegas and I'm, and it was when the drummer had COVID to the Las Vegas show. And I remember thinking like, all right, I'm going to come prepared and I'm going to figure out some way. And then the, then the bass player got COVID and they canceled that show. And so who knows, maybe that was my chance, but, uh, anyway. Yeah. You got to well, do it now, day. man. Yeah, got you. one day. Everybody listening, if you have a connection in the music yeah. industry to Pearl Jam or any band for that matter, hit up Josh. Hit up Josh. Yeah. I, I do have a story in in the book about um, meeting Eddie Vedder and actually setting setting a goal. Um, so I uh, one year I was just like sitting down and I was like, "What's a crazy, insane goal?" Right? Like, what's just something that just like is just like would be weird to try to figure out. And I, and so I was, I was, I think I wrote down a bunch of different things and then like meet Eddie Vedder came up and I was like, all right, how would I do that? And, 
you know, and I would even like write these affirmations because I mean, at that time in my life, I was doing a lot of like affirmation stuff. And one of them was like, I will meet Eddie Vedder. Um, this is another thing I talk about in the book, like affirmations are total bullshit. Um, if your brain like knows it's bullshit. Right. So, mm. so like you can't write, I'm a billionaire. If you're not like your brain's mm. like, dude, you're not a billionaire. Like, you know, don't write, I'm healthy if you're eating like shit. Um, but, but you can phrase them as I am becoming, or I am, you know, I will meet Eddie Vedder or I'm going to meet Eddie Vedder or whatnot. And you can, you can prime yourself, you know, to see these opportunities. Um, so there's this website that connects charity experiences. Um, and just like kind of, it raises, it provides these charity experiences for money. Um, and so they had a thing on their website that said, design your own experience. What would you want? And so I just emailed them and was like, Hey, I want to meet Eddie better. And, um, they emailed me back and said, Hey, he doesn't usually do these kinds of things, but we'll let you know. So about a month or so later, I get an email back from them and, and hold on. I think I'm messing up the story. I think I contacted them again. That's what it was. I contacted them again. And I said, Hey, he's playing a solo show here about an hour from my house. Could this be an opportunity? And then they, uh, they emailed me back a month later and they said, um, he's willing to do a meet and greet. Wow. For $40,000. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> and I was like, Holy shit. And so, I replied back and I, I was like, I'm, I got to play along. I said, well, what would that look like? Is this a handshake or is this like right. sitting down with a beer and talking about things? Right. And they said, um, we'll let you know. Um, and it's just, so you guys know, I butchered this story already, but I don't care. I'm going to roll with it as if I You're did. Good. Yeah, yeah. Real, I'm, I'm like, I'm on the edge I of my seat. It. Read yeah. the story in the book. I just got a couple details wrong. I, it, I'll, I'll correct it right now. They had asked me what my budget was and I just threw out the number 5,000. Yeah. So, so that's what made it even more shocking when they said 40 grand. Yeah. And then somehow it turned into 50,000. They were like, he'll do it for 50,000. Can we charge your card? Oh. Yeah. They said he's playing a charity show dinner the night before for 50 grand. Can we charge your card? And I went and I Googled Eddie Vedder charity luau because they told me it was a luau. And I find this event that he's playing at and it's a thousand dollars a dinner plate. Mm. So I buy two tickets. I drag one of my friends there and we get there. And I mean, <clears throat> I see that like I see his name on the list when I'm signing in. I get there early. I walk around like it's kind of empty and I see like, oh, like everyone's names are on the tables and I see, oh, like, dude, he's going to be sitting here with Kelly Slater, the pro surfer and Judd Apatow. <clears throat> so, so I know where he's going to be. And I'm like thinking like, oh, dude, this is going to be so rad. Yeah, it wasn't. So <laughs> I, I get there, dude, he has two bodyguards yeah. and they're cock blocking anybody that goes over there. So, and I'm still formulating like, all right, is this even going to happen? So I just kind of like make my way over there as like this observer, right? I'm just going to get like near that area and just look for opportunity. 
And uh, so I'm standing there, I'm standing there. Some guy's given like this speech. And when he's done with his speech, everybody jumps up and does the standing ovation. And I'm like, dude, I see one or two guys walking towards Eddie and his bodyguards start to go to cock block. And now there's nobody between me and him. And it's at this point I've inched and it's probably a good 10, 15 feet. I think it was, it felt like 10 feet. And I was just like, remember going like, dude, now's the, now you've got to now or never. So I walk up, tap him on the shoulder. (laughs) He turns around. I had in my mind going into this thing, like whatever I was going to say, I was probably going to say like, Hey man, I just want to say thank you so much. Like your words, music, it's, it's been the soundtrack of my whole life. Yeah. You know what I said? (laughs) (laughs) I put out my hand, he shakes my hand and I go, Hey man, I just want to say hi. (laughs) And to his credit, he smiles and he goes, hi. Hi. Nice. And then I see the bodyguard. Any better moment. Yeah. yeah. And then I see the bodyguard come in and I just like walked away. And I was like, That's awesome, dude. <laughs> that was so weird. Like I met I crushed my goal. I met Eddie Venner. Wow. Some would call that a meeting, a handshake. Yeah. But man, so weird. <laughs> so weird. That is yeah. awesome. Yeah, I love that. That's funny because yeah. my my high school baseball team, 1994, we won baseball states. And the whole year, we're sitting there listening to uh, Pearl Jam. That's yeah. that's all we did on the bus before the games, yeah. after the games. So, I mean, when I, when I saw your poster there, Pearl Jam, I was like, oh, dude, that's sweet. So, yeah. um, what an experience. Yeah, sorry, I chopped up for a second there with, with, with my connection. But um, uh, do you have any regrets not paying the 50 grand? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all like i mean you know how now, close were you was it was it a real consideration were, were you gonna do it i i talked to my wife about it and she was like super supportive of like hey if that's mm-hmm. what you want to do and i just remember like i remember talking to her about it on a walk and just being like i just can't do it i can't mm-hmm. like, i just can't like yeah my uh, like my brain just can't wrap around meeting someone for that. Money. What would it have been? Did they, they ever get back to you on that? Like no. what would it have been for they 50 grand? Back. Is it like a handshake? No, they never told you. No, I ended up saying like, don't yeah, charge my car. If you and it was like, yeah, I ended up saying, don't charge my card. And they ended up getting pissed at me because <laughs> <laughs> they had kind of arranged well, yeah. it. Yeah. But, but I mean, even like this year I went to a concert where he was playing and I mean, I was like, second row but first row was close like if i wanted to it was close enough i could have spoken to him i just yeah. think like as i've gotten older i'm like he's just he's another person dude yeah like, who cares yeah. i think at the time it sounded like a crazy right. goal of like you know he had been this like this singer in this band that i just followed my whole life and mm-hmm. after you meet him you're just like uh just just another person mm-hmm. yeah yeah but it was cool at the it time makes sense yeah Makes like, sense. Yeah. All right, even, let's he, let's do this as yeah. we. Oh, go ahead. It doesn't matter. I was gonna say even <laughs> even at the concert, I had thought about like, oh, I could like, I could this could be a redo, right? Like, but then I was yeah. like, he doesn't care, dude. Do you know how many people are telling him that? <laughs> yeah. 
Good point. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Let's uh, let's do this for the book. Best version ever. Discover the magic of becoming extraordinary. What what are what are one or two things you want people to take away? What are one or two things you want to accomplish with this book? Or or what is you know when you say best version ever? What is like a thing? You know, don't give it all away. Obviously, the book will will fill in a lot of blanks. But what's something that people need to do or need to understand if they're going to become the best version of themselves ever? Yeah, I mean, so. You know, yesterday I was asked, "What are you, what's your favorite chapter?" And so my answer was, "It's really hard. Um, I would have to do two chapters." And it was basically the question was, if 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 someone only read one chapter, what would it be? So the first chapter is all about mindset, and I feel like if you're gonna and, and the and the premise in the book is, you know, everyone's life purpose is to become the best version of themselves, their best version ever. And it's not a finish line that you ever hit. It's more like milestones along the way. You know, you're you're always going to be your best version ever, and and you get to decide what that looks like. You know, for some people, it could be your best version ever. It could be being a better parent or being the best parent you could be. For others, it could be being the best at their job, and and for some, it could be, hey, I just I, I just want to be able to surf every day after work right? Like that's my best version ever. And the cool thing is it changes, you know, it doesn't have to be anything that you lock in on. Um, mm -hmm. I, I always say like my best version ever five years ago is way different than it is now, you know, you get to choose. So I think that's the, the main takeaway from the mindset. And then the last chapter is called becoming. And the idea is you're always becoming right. You know, again, we never hit these finish lines. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, looking forward to some final moment. I always, I use the analogy of music a lot in the book, but it'd be like listening to a song and just waiting for that last note to play. You know, it's like you miss the whole point, which is you dance while the song's playing, right? Enjoy, mm -hmm. enjoy the ride. And okay. so the whole, the whole chapter on becoming is once you've become, once you've done the work to become your best version ever, the way you get to that next level is by helping others, right? And helping them become their best version ever. Mm. Wow, man. That's awesome. That's a great answer. I appreciate you going in depth in depth on that because that makes a lot of sense. I love that. Where can people learn more about you, the book, websites, social media handles, whatever you want to leave folks with? Sure thing. So everything that we've talked about or about me can be found at bestversionever.com. And then uh, and you can, you know, get a link to the book on there. Of course, it's on Amazon at best version ever. Uh, and then all my social handles are either Josh Painter or Joshua Painter, depending on what was available. So makes sense. Josh, man, I appreciate you jumping on. It's it's always fun to get with guys that have been around for a long time and go abundance. And I love seeing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And I love your point about, you know, your best version ever may change year, you know, in, in a span of time, wherever you might be. So inspirational fun. That was a lot of fun. Just hearing some of your stories. And I appreciate you jumping yeah. in today. Me too, man. Thank you. All right, guys.